We truly thank you for your service and everything that you've done and sacrificed for our freedom. And so today we honor you uh, and we honor uh, those who have laid down their lives so that we could experience and express our religious liberties and rights that we will be expressing today. So uh, if you haven't picked up on it already, uh, Pastor Daryl is on vacation. He is taking a much needed rest and break with his family. And uh, I, I could not be happier for him and where he's at. Uh, and I, I'm really excited, honestly, that Pastor D gets a break for a Sunday. Uh, I don't know if, if people know just exactly what being a pastor or what kind of toll it can take on a person. But every now and again, you need to slip out and just recharge your batteries. And so I'm so grateful that Pastor Daryl gets to do that with his family uh, this week. And and so he had asked me if I would be willing to cover for him this Sunday, and I would do anything to help that guy get to take a break. And so uh, I have accepted the charge that he has given me to deliver the word to you all today. But I'll let you know that this is not uh, uh, something that I take lightly at all. Um, I, I actually feel very, great intimidation <laughs> to, to a degree uh, just to take Pastor Darrell's pulpit. He is somebody that I uh, respect so greatly and somebody that I admire so much. And so to stand in his place and to, to do what he does is not something that, that I want to belittle or diminish. And so I want you to know that it's with great honor and respect that I uh, have prepared and, and will be bringing the word to you all this morning. But if you could, before we begin, I'd just like, the, uh, just, just like to say a word of prayer. So if you could, bow your head, close your eyes, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I, I thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning with my church and to be able to express uh, what you have laid on my heart this morning from your word. God, I pray that you uh, just equip me to effectively uh, just be your mouthpiece. And I pray that your work will be done so that hearts and lives can be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, I'm going to start off and I'm going to tell you a little story about myself. I, I love personal stories. And, uh, and, and, and I know a lot of you guys, uh, I've been here for four years. This, since it's May, the end of May is when I officially started as youth pastor here at Spirit Church. And uh, I have loved every single year. And every single year that Corinne and I are here, we love Bartlesville more and more uh, because of you all and just the, just the church here, the, the staff, the board. We, we just love it here. Uh, but I realized that not all of you got to see me grow up, and uh, I was a, uh, if you know me now, you can probably only imagine what I was like as a child. Uh, I am a very honorary person, I'll admit it, I'll be upfront. As a kid, I had no restraint on how honorary I would be, and uh, that's something that I've inherited from my grandpa. I don't know if there's ever been anybody more angry or ornery in their entire life than my grandpa. And I definitely got his orneriness. I did not get the angry part. But, um, but uh, anyway, so, so I, was a, I was a mischievous little kid. I was an ornery little kid. And, and I remember there was one day in particular that my family was shopping for a new refrigerator. Now, I don't remember what department store we were in. It could have been a Sears or something similar. But I just remember shopping with my family and, and going down these long rows of refrigerators. And, and if you've ever been in a place like that, if you've ever been looking at those things, you know, you, you, you kind of open them up, you inspect, and you look around. And... And I got bored very easy at looking at all these refrigerators. To my young self, they all looked the same and they all kept food cold, so what did it matter anyway? And so my parents, they're opening them up, they're pulling the drawers, they're inspecting these refrigerators. 
And as they're doing that, I'm inspecting the aisleways themselves, and I realize that my small little frame can very easily squeeze in between these refrigerators, and I had an entire secret aisle all to myself behind the row of refrigerators and the appliances behind them. And so I waited until my mom and dad had their heads deep into a refrigerator inspecting the shelves and the, the dimensions inside for me to make my planned escape. And so, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of memories other than what my parents have told me, but I do remember thinking that it would be really funny to hide from my mom and dad. So when they stuck their heads inside of the fridge, I slid in between the cracks and made my escape from my parents. Now, they were very caught up in trying to pick the best fridge for us, and so I don't know how long it took for them to realize that I had made my disappearance, but, but when they did, the entire department store knew it. They went screaming up and down the aisles, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan! If you know my mom, this is so much better. Uh, but, but they were panicking, screaming on the aisles. They had, uh, this was right around the time that, uh, do you guys remember the TV show America's Most Wanted? And just the tragedy that, that had uh, that basically prompted uh, that man to start that show. This was right around the time that all of that had happened, which just caused my mom to have a whole lot more panic uh, over her life, uh, just with me being kid possibly being kidnapped. And, and so they had the front doors to the store locked down. Every employee, every person was searching for my little uh, body. My, they, they were searching for me somewhere. And, and I, I, I don't remember what I was doing behind those fridges. Hon honest to God, I, I don't remember what I was doing. I just remember thinking, this is going to be so funny. And, and I, I'll never forget, I heard, I'm standing behind the fridge, and I, I hear my mom's voice calling out to me. She is screaming my name. And she, I can hear the terror in her voice. And so because I can hear that, I, I just remember thinking, well, my mom's upset, and so I slid out from behind the fridges, and I just popped around the corner and said, here I am. And I thought my mom was gonna laugh and be so surprised that I had been hidden from her. But what I received was uh, something different than what I has, had expected. I was received with punishment, but I was also just uh, wrapped up with hugs and kisses and more tears than what I think anybody should wear on their shirt at one time. Uh, but you, you see, that response that I gave to my mom, it was one out of familiarity with, with her voice. I, I heard her calling out to me, and so I just responded in a way that I knew and said, here I am. Now, there's a story in the Bible, and this is one of my favorite stories of all time, and this is one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture that I, that I have ever gotten to preach before. And, and today, God has kind of given me a, a new take or, or maybe a new approach to delivering uh, this text this morning. And so I, I'm extremely excited, and I hold this in, in great reverence. But there's a story in the Old Testament. I'm an Old Testament guy. I love the Bible stories. I love the flannel graphs, if, if you guys remember those. I, I, I just, I cherish my time in Sunday school. If you've ever been a Sunday school teacher, can you just wave at me? Thank God for you guys, because you, uh, all of you Sunday school teachers, although you weren't mine personally, uh, you really have impacted the lives of some young people in some great ways. And I'm so grateful for everybody who's ever shared an Old Testament or a New Testament Bible story with me. But always throughout my life, this story was one of my favorites, and it's the story of Samuel. 
Now, the, the story of Samuel is really unique because there are so many moving parts in this story that often go unlooked, and there are so many characters, key characters, that, that we, we read about, we skim over, but we don't necessarily lump into the, the entire uh, beginning of Samuel's narrative in the Bible. And so the story really doesn't start off with Samuel himself, although uh, oftentimes we like to jump straight to the part where Samuel hears the voice of God calling out to him. But it begins with Samuel's mother, Hannah. Now, Hannah was a God-fearing woman. She was a praying woman, but she was unable to conceive. She was unable to have kids. And this was something that, that made Hannah's heart very heavy and very sad. And so uh, there's, a, there's a prayer recorded early in the book of 1 Samuel where Hannah is, is just praying to God for her to have the ability to conceive a child. And she, she makes this statement to the Lord as she's praying for this child and she says, God, if you just, if you'll grant me this child, I promise that he will serve in your temple all the days of his life. Well, God answered Hannah's prayer, and she conceived a son, and she named him Samuel. When, when Samuel was weaned, when he was old enough uh, to, to basically to, to be on his own, uh, she, she led him to the temple, and she, she presented him before the priest named Eli, and she dedicated Samuel's life to the service of the Lord in the temple. And so Samuel, uh, he, he lived in the temple. He served Eli, the high priest. He did whatever they asked. And, and, and it's kind of cool because the, the Bible tells us that, you know, Samuel's mom would make him a little coat and he, he wore the little priestly robes. And uh, it, it'd be kind of like seeing a, a little kid on the, on the front row wearing one of those little white collars that some people wear. Or uh, when my, my dad was a pastor growing up and, and I always wanted to try to look like my dad, you know, like uh, there were some days I like to dress myself and uh, I had this little red suit. And since my dad would wear a suit, that was back in the day when you would wear, if you were pastoring, you would wear a black suit, black tie. Uh, but I had this little red suit and red cummerbund, and, and, and I just I'd wear it all the time just because it was the closest thing I had to what my dad had. And, 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 and so Samuel, he's, he's serving in that temple. He's wearing the priestly clothes, and he's, he's doing all these things unto the Lord. Now, uh, Eli... He's the priest at the time in Shiloh, and, and this is where Samuel's serving. And Eli has these two sons. And these sons, the Bible literally spares nothing. They, they hold nothing back in telling us that that's Eli's two sons, their names are Hophni and Phinehas. Can you guys say that? Hophni, Phinehas. Try it. Just try it. Just pretend you're in youth group. Hophni, Phinehas. Okay? That, that's, those are the names of these two sons of Eli. And the Bible holds nothing back in telling us that Hophni and Phinehas, they are wicked, wicked men. They, they are people that, uh, that, that basically God is extremely frustrated with. And, and they have been doing things in the temple that, that are a disgrace not only unto the temple, but they're a disgrace unto their father and, and they're a disgrace unto God himself. And, and so what these, what these two brothers had been doing was this. So, so when, when people would come in those days to, uh, to make an offering unto the Lord, they would bring a sacrifice with them. And so these people would come into the temple. They would bring their sacrifice, their animal, whatever it should be, and, and they, would, you know, they would burn it, they'd boil it, they'd do different things just as an offering unto God himself. And, and what Hophni and Phinehas would do, what these wicked sons would do is, is they had a big three-pronged fork. 
And when somebody would be making a sacrifice unto the Lord, they would send one of their servants over to the sacrifice. And, and whether it was on the altar burning up or whether it was uh, being boiled or, or whatever was happening to that sacrifice, they would stick the three-pronged fork into the sacrifice and pull as much meat off as possible for Hophni, Phineas, and Eli to consume and eat for themselves. Now, this was not uh, something that should have been done. This was selfish. This was greedy. And they were taking advantages of the sacrifices of other people. And, and, and the Bible literally tells us there's a prophecy uh, that is given to Eli about his wicked sons. And it literally says that, that, that Eli and his sons have become fat off of the sacrifices of other people. They, they were taking advantage of the people in the church. They were taking advantage of the sacrifices and the offerings that were being brought forward unto God. And this was something that did not please God, but this was something that angered him. So we have Hophni and Phinehas. We have Eli. And then we have Samuel. And I, I think it's interesting in the Bible, if you, if you look through uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, chapter 3, where all this is taking place, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, it, it talks a, a lot about uh, Eli's wicked sons, starting in verse 12. Verse 12 and, and in verse 12, it says, Eli's sons were wicked men, and they had no regard for the Lord. It literally just starts off, before it tells us anything else, they could not care less about God. They couldn't care less about who He is and that they were wicked men. Now that chapter, or those next few verses that follow, they continue to tell us more about what I just shared about Hophni and Phinehas and who they were and what they were doing. But I love how uh, the Bible just kind of wraps up everything about Hophni and Phinehas. And in verse 18, it gives us this statement. It says, But Samuel was ministering before the Lord. And again, in verse 21, it says again, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Verse 26, talking more about just, uh, the, the Bible continues to talk about Eli and, and how he, he wouldn't discipline his sons and how he, he wasn't doing anything about the wickedness that was going on in his temple. He, he, wasn't, he, he, he wasn't stopping it. He was uh, permitting it. And so it, it talks about the wickedness that's continuing to spew forth out of, out of Eli and out of Hophni and out of Phineas. And in verse 26, again, it says, and the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. And so I just find it extremely interesting how the Bible would talk about the wickedness of Eli, the wickedness of his sons, and then after talking about that, it would always finish it up and just go back to Samuel. And it would just basically say, these people, they're wicked. These people are sinning. These people are in trouble. And if they don't do something about it, God is going to step in and do something about it. But all the while, Samuel is faithfully serving the Lord. I, as, I, as I've read over this text and as I've read over this passage, I think one of the biggest things about Samuel and Hophni and Phinehas was the fact that Samuel understood that his purpose was to serve. But Eli's sons and Eli, they wanted to be served. And so as we'll continue with the story of Samuel, if you're not familiar with it, Samuel uh, chapter 3, just there is this incredible story that is so popular in the Bible where the Lord literally calls out to Samuel. He calls him by name, and it's late at night. Samuel's laying down. He's trying to catch some Z's, go to sleep. 
And in the middle of his process of falling asleep, he hears a voice call out to him, Samuel. Now, like I had shared with you, I knew my mom's voice when I was hiding in that department store. And so when I heard her voice, I, I knew what direction to go, and I knew that it was my mom who was calling me. But when Samuel heard this voice, he had not yet ever heard the Lord speak to him. And in those days, uh, words from the Lord like this were very rare. And so Samuel is confused. He knows that somebody has just called him and got his attention. So he stands to his feet, he gets up, and he goes to Eli's bedside. And he says these words, here I am. Eli is confused. He's just been woken up, probably a little agitated. And he says, no, Samuel, I, I did not call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel is maybe, probably just a little confused, scratching his head, because he certainly heard a voice call out to him. He certainly heard somebody say his name. And who else could it be than Eli, the person that he has literally dedicated his life to serving for the sake of the Lord? So Samuel goes back to his place. He lays down, begins to shut his eyes. And a second time, he hears this voice call out to him again, Samuel. So Samuel, maybe if he's honorary like I am, thinks this crazy old man just keeps saying my name in his sleep. But he gets up. He gets up from his place and he goes to Samuel's side once again. And he says, here I am. Eli wakes up and looks at Samuel and says, Samuel, I, I didn't call for you. Go back to your place and lay down. Go back to bed. Samuel does as Eli requested or, or, or instructed. He lays back down again, closes his eyes, and a third time he hears this voice call out to him, Samuel. So this time Eli gets up once more. He goes to the side of Eli. And for the, for the third time he says, here I am. Did you call me? And Eli, at this point, after three times, he finally realizes that possibly it was not Samuel having a dream or a nightmare. It was not somebody else, but possibly the Lord was reaching out and trying to get the attention of his servant, Samuel. Now, I want you to, to, to think with me or imagine with me. Could it be that Sam, or that Eli himself was so disconnected from the presence of the Lord that he couldn't even interpret himself that it was God speaking to Samuel. And that it took three times, three times when Samuel had to come back before Eli could make this connection. So Samuel, he goes back to his place. He lies down and he waits. And then a fourth time, the Lord calls out unto Samuel. Samuel. And Samuel says exactly what Eli had instructed him to say. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now this is typically where we like to stop with this story. We like to stop because we get to see this, this little child hear the voice of God. Now when I was little, I was so encouraged by this story that my Sunday school teachers would put up on the flannel graphs for me. And, and I love the fact that God spoke directly to Samuel in an audible voice. Have you ever been praying for something and you just would do anything to hear God speak to you in an audible voice? 
And I, and I remember as a kid, all through, all through my life growing up, uh, my family, we, we lived in a relatively new house, uh, just in middle school and, and whatnot. And, and when a house is built, they, they, they tend to settle and there's creaks and there's cracks and, and, and pops and all sorts of stuff that happens in those things. And, and, and I remember as a kid, I would be in my parents' house, laying down at night in bed, and trying to go to sleep, and I would hear a creak of the house. I'd hear a pop or a clang or just something, just some of the settling noises that happen in those homes. And I would always just try to be hopeful that it was God trying to get my attention. And so I would go off of the example of Samuel here in the Bible, and though, although I never heard my name called out, all I heard was a noise in the night, I remember I would always cry out unto God, just be like, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, I never heard the audible voice of God speak to me in one of those moments. But ultimately, that is like a cute and, and heartwarming story of something that I just did to try to reach out to God in my childhood. But the message that God spoke to Samuel was anything but cute and was anything but heartwarming. In fact, the message that God spoke to Samuel was a message that he was going to carry out all of the threats that he had made against Eli and his wicked sons. Samuel understood because of prophets that have come before that this literally meant that God was going to take them out and that the very line of Eli would be no more. You see, people have prophesied over Eli and his sons and the wickedness that they were doing in the temple. And, and the prophecies included that, that, that their entire line uh, would die before their age and that to prove that this, this would be true, that, that both of his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they would both die on the same exact day as confirmation that this prophecy is from God. And so the Lord spoke these things unto his servant Samuel. And when Samuel woke up in the morning, he hears somebody call his name once more. This time it's not the Lord, but this time it's Eli. Eli calls out for Samuel, Samuel! And I love Samuel's response. Here I am. Eli approaches Samuel and he begs him and literally demands that Samuel tell him everything that God has communicated to him. Doesn't want him to spare a single ounce of information. So Samuel swallows really hard because he's about to do one of the most difficult things that he's ever had to do in his life and in his service unto the Lord thus far. And that is be the mouthpiece of God unto Eli. So Samuel, he declares to Eli, he tells him everything that God had told him. And, and we can read this this morning. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 15. It says, Samuel, lay down until morning and then open the doors of the house of the Lord. He was, he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What is it, he said to you, Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, and be it ever so severely, if you hide anything he told you. Verse 18 says, So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And then Eli replied, He is the Lord, and let him do what is good in his eyes. So we have Samuel. We have Eli. And we have his wicked sons. And we have God who's about to carry out the judgment 
upon their son, his sons for their wickedness. Now, I think that what was happening in this temple, and I think that what was going on with Hophni and Phinehas and what was going on with Samuel, really at times isn't too far off from what happens sometimes in our local churches today. You see, Hophni and Phinehas, they were growing fat off of the sacrifices of other people. They were treating the offerings unto the Lord with contempt. And they had no reverence for who God was and for who He is. And I think that today, sometimes it's very easy that we do the same thing. Now, we might not be sticking our hand into the offering bucket and pulling out change and putting it in our pockets. Or at least I hope not. But in the same respect, I think that it's extremely easy for us to disrespect the, the offering and the service that other people are making unto God by, by just simply coming and observing. You see, Samuel understood that his role in the church, that his role in the temple, that his role in life was to serve and to serve God. Hophni and Phinehas and Eli, they had the mindset to be served. You see, here at Spirit Church, if there's one thing that I've learned from Pastor Daryl over these last four years, it's just love and joy and peace. And I promise you that's just not something that we've put on our logo. That's not just something that, that we want to be as a church, but, but that really is what Pastor Daryl is at the core of who he is. He is a person of love and joy and peace. And I, I have appreciated so much getting to, to see that in him. And that's something that we want our church to be. But church, listen to me. I, I hope that we're not just a place where, where people can come in and experience a good show, can hear an encouraging message, can listen to some great music, and then just kind of leave unchanged. But ultimately, I pray that this church is a place where, yes, love, joy, and peace is found, but that it is transferred unto you with the purpose of transferring it unto other people. You see, your purpose in this church is not just to listen to someone preach and to feel good about yourself. My purpose in this church is not just to stand up here and be heard by other people. My purpose here is to serve. And that same purpose that I have, that same purpose that Samuel had, that same purpose that Pastor Daryl has, that is the same purpose that you have in this church. We all have the responsibility, we all have the same mantle to serve God and to, to, to basically bring offerings with Him and, and to, not, uh, to, to not treat the offerings of other people with contempt or disrespect. It's my prayer. I, I think that even, even in my own life at times, I, I, I've sat in the pews. But, I, but ultimately, church for me has just been a place where I could come and see and not necessarily a place where I could come and be. You see, this isn't just something that we hear about in the story of Samuel, but this is something that Jesus himself displayed for us. In the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verse 28, it says, just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to, give, and to give his life as ransom for many. You see, Jesus Christ, he came into this world and, and, and he is the God of everything. 
He's the Lord of all. But he didn't come into this world to sit high up on a throne and to be fed the offerings of his people, to be, to be bowed down to and, and, and fan-cooled all day long by us or servants or slaves. Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, fully God, came into this world to give his life as a ransom for us all. Jesus came into this world to serve. Now, if there's one thing that I've learned throughout my time serving Jesus, it's that my life should be lived to replicate what Jesus did. That my life should be lived as an example, holy and pleasing unto God, so that I can show other people who Jesus is and what he did. I, I frequently tell our students in the youth group this, that, that your life could be the only Bible that your friends ever read. The life that you live, the things that you do, the stuff that you say, that could be the only example of Jesus Christ that this world ever gets. If they know that you are a believer and that you are a follower of Jesus, your life could be the only example and you could be the only light that they ever see. And so today I urge you to take up the mantle of responsibility, to take up the cross, and to not just come and see what happens at Spirit Church, but to come and be. Be a part of what God is doing here. Don't just sit back and watch it happen. I believe that God has given our lead pastor an incredible dream, an incredible vision to reach this community for Jesus. And I believe that we are the church that can do it. But I'll tell you something. We can get there a whole lot faster if we understand this message of, servant, uh, of servanthood and if we all take up this cross, follow the example that, that Samuel set so long ago in serving in that temple, serving God to a fault, and ultimately following this example of Jesus, where he did not come into this world to, serve, to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you would, bow your heads, and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the life that you have laid down so that we can be free. God, I thank you that you sent your son into this world to live and to die and to pave the way for us to learn how to serve, to learn how to sacrifice, and to give up our time and our lives so that others can inherit the eternal life that you've made available for us. Lord, I pray this morning that as some people might feel a stirring in their heart that it's time to step up and, and to take action. God, I pray that, that you open doors for them that no man can shut. Lord, I know that you have uniquely and individually equipped each and every person in this room for certain areas of ministry that only they can do. That you have equipped them to reach certain people that only they can reach. And God, I pray that, that you just solidify something in their spirits. Lord, that you make servants out of all of us so that we can reflect who you are to this world, so that we can be bright lights into this community, and so that we don't just sit idly by as people live and die and don't know you and end up you know, going to hell, but Lord, that we can make an impact on eternity because of the servanthood that you place inside of our lives. Lord, we love you. We just declare your goodness and your greatness. 
It's in your son's name. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the message today. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find us online at spiritchurch.com or any social media platform at Spirit Church.